Good morning, you guys. Only thing I can say is, oh my God. What was that last night on TV, y'all? My Lord. You know, I had a really good day. It was a beautiful day yesterday. The sun was shining. Man, I, I got some work done. And I'm still trying to deal with some financials for myself. And then, you know, my daughter called me and, 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 and I said, Ma, check your app. So, y'all, I'm going to interject this right quick. Y'all need to go download some of these apps like Smoothie King, uh, Chick-fil-A. Um, I think it's Taco Cabana. They've been giving out free food, y'all. You got to have the app, though. So it's like mostly two times out of a week, you know, our apps is offering free food, right? So that's that's good. Free breakfast, free um, lunch, you know. And sometimes you go get the lunch, and I don't eat the stuff right off, and it becomes my dinner. Save me some time from cooking. Or I can, you know, add my chicken strips, you know, when I go to Chick-fil-A to my salad. You know, stuff like that. So it was beautiful. It was, I mean... It was so beautiful yesterday. The sun was shining so bright like never before. I don't know because I was inside all day, most of the day. Um, but it was just a beautiful day yesterday. And then night came. <laughs> I laid down. I took me a little break, which, you know, they gave me that medicine. You know, I'm still on, you know, for my um, for my wrist. And when I... Woken up, you know, went and used the facilities, and I looked at the clock. I said, oh, yeah, I forgot the um, the debate. Come on. Let me just see what's happening, right, y'all? <sighs> Only thing I can say is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. A hot mess. Y'all hear me? A hot mess. How you... The president of the United States of America, that you're supposed to be commander-in-chief. And first of all, you cannot even present yourself on the things that you have done. Or then you just throwing numbers. Oh, well, we 50% here and 5% here and, you know, and, and the economy is booming. Everything is going back to normal. And how in the world is everything going back to normal when you got Disney just announced they're going to be laying off 28,000 employees? Oh, unemployment rate has dropped. Yeah, it has dropped off the record. Why? Because y'all stopped paying unemployment to people. Duh. Oh, the healthcare system is fine. I'm going to go up in there right now. I'm going to come back once I'm going to fix me some coffee. And I'm going to take about 20 minutes or whatever. And I'm going to come back and do my own fat checking. Because right now, they didn't block the Obamacare because they got people right now. Since he been in office, medicines, prescriptions have been canceled or have jumped up in prices. Before my mama passed, she had lost three different um, prescriptions because he blocked it. He went straight there to eradicate the Obamacare. And then he going to say last night, and I don't even know why they call it Obamacare. You know, see, we're going to be in the next, you know, when I get back in, I'm going to, we're working on right now, going to have better health care. No, it's not. They're not going to allow pre-existence um, conditions. I have a pre-existing um, condition. And I can't even get decent 
health care from Blue Cross, Cigna. They want to charge me almost five, six hundred dollars a month, you guys. I'm not just saying this here. I'm living this. Unemployment rate is is low. People getting back to work. Da 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 da. That is not true. People getting put out their homes, even though they say the CDC uh, hit this eviction uh, memorandum. People, people are still getting put out their homes. People losing their apartments. Homelessness have increased. What are you talking about, man? What are you talking about? And like Joe Biden was telling him, yeah, of course the economy is doing good for y'all billionaires. The rich, the top corporations, of course. But what about the people right there? I don't know how he did it, y'all. In the middle of all of it, I just want, I wish I could have just jumped to the TV screen and just beat the brother down. I wanted to beat him down, man. I want, won't you just shut up? Every time Chris was asking the man, Biden, a question, he said, y'all have, he put it out there. He said, each per- person have two minutes. And he kept saying, Trump, Mr. President Trump, your administration agreed two minutes for each person. He wants to jump over into Biden two minutes. Every time he trying to talk, he going on and on and on. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and then, so I watched after the debate over. How dare the commentaries, how dare y'all going to say that? Oh, well, I don't think Biden really did a good job because he took a, he should have took uh, control of the conversation and, and, and he shouldn't have called him. That's the president of the United States. He shouldn't have called him a, a clown. That's all y'all got out of that? See, you see how brainwashed they are, you guys? You mean tell me that's all out of the whole... I can't even say the word I wanted to say. That's how bad it was. Out of all of that, you guys, that's all the commentaries for Trump got out of it. That he needs to respect. He's the president of the well, it takes to earn respect to get. You got to give respect to earn respect, sister. And it just, just confirms everything I've been saying all the time. The dude got him underneath this spell, man. Got him underneath this this, this mind control. Because I tell you, not a normal human being, not even an average human being, will sit there and let that fly like that. No, ma'am, and no, sir. Mm-mm. Nah. Nah. That was very unacceptable, unprofessional, especially as a leader. And I'm sad to say other countries are watching us over here in America as a point where they thought we have it all, all together. Oh, y'all. Tell me, you guys, what y'all thought about it? I don't know if anybody had a chance to watch it, but 
this was a massive boxing rat. And I'm sure, and he was trying to hold back. You could tell in his face, because I was like, won't you just walk over there and punch him? <laughs> and that's what I wanted to see. It was like, it was time. So, all right, enough talking. Let's just go ahead and fight this thing out. <laughs> Let's go on and fight this thing out. And, and, and let, let, let the people choose who the winner is. Let me just come and beat you up right now. Shut you up. You know, so I can have a, a decent conversation with the people of the United States. Because Trump show wasn't a having it. I thought that was very, that was an insult. That was an insult to our country. It was an insult to our, to our uh, nation. And how dare him talking about he got the black votes. When they asked him, they literally asked him, will you denounce white supremacy and announce it and tell them that they'll have patience to wait on the vote? And yeah, 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 okay, okay, he never did it, y'all. He couldn't do it. He could not openly denounce white supremacy. You know what he say? Well, we're just going to stand back and be ready. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know if anybody caught that. But he quick to say, oh, the black community, you know, African-Americans, they're doing well. Yada, 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 yada. But you never stood up there and say their name. He couldn't never say their name. You see what I'm saying? What he kept saying. Yeah, we're going to have law and order. We're going to get back the way it was. Okay, no, no. We're not going to get back the way it was. Because 50 years ago where it was, y'all had lynch crows, lynching laws, and Jim Crow laws. And this was... Now, y'all remember now. Come on, black people. I know I have all nationalities listening to me. God bless you all. My white brothers, Asian brothers, uh, Hispanic, Latinos... All of you guys, brothers and sisters, I love all of you guys. Y'all know. And I know y'all kind of feel me now because they got over 70. Did we hit 70,000 yet? We're almost hitting 70,000 listening audience a day. Okay? So I know, and it's all over the country. So I know I, I am heard. Um, I have all types of nationalities and tribes listening to me. My Native Americans. In which we are black natives. Anyway, we black natives. We we all part of a tribe, in a nation. You know that white supremacy came in. You know, thinking that they more than the other race and and, and started this thing called racism. But really, it was a race underneath what I'm learning from Dr. Anderson. They came over here as a race. Who can come over to this new land and grab more free land? Now we got to get somebody to help and take care of the land and build for us. And what did they do? They went over and scouted out and they saw how black Africans, they went to African, Africa to see how, well, it's not so much what they went to see how, they was traveling all over seeing how is they going to till this land and they saw how Africans worked put it like that so ain't no such thing as black people lazy people no no it's just that we tired we tired of giving all, all the free labor it's a shame that my first job i made a dollar and 95 cent was the minimum wage when i was a little girl at 12 years old okay it had to be for but back then it was 12 
and 14 you got to get your parent permission then i think they push it up and so now it's 15 and then 17 it's something like that you get your, your parent permission and you only can work so many hours a week so they won't call it child labor right and thank god i mean no obama didn't approve the reparation i'm sure he had a lot of fights going on because the things that they're doing now they didn't allow um, president obama to do that's a fact there even appointing new uh supreme court justices they had he and then oh that's another thing oh y'all i wish i had one of them invisible balls to throw at him yeah, cause see, uh, what kind of leader gonna leave open a hundred and something spaces for for um judges seats? And I had to come in and fill it. Nobody never did that in the world. I filled them all. You is a liar. First of all, the seats was there, and Barack Obama attempted, and it was his last year when he ran off. Right? They blocked him for appointing the judges and say, wait till the next president do it. You see what I'm saying? A lot of stuff that he was striving to do, they blocked it. Why? Because he was a black man. Not so much as a president, because they didn't even respect him as a president. Every time he was in it, they were scoring him and saying all kind of stuff. I mean, everything he was doing or whatever. But guess what? Barack Obama carried himself like the man that God made him to be. Come on now. With his own personal sway. And I know behind closed doors, him... And First Lady um, Michelle Obama, I know they talked them on themselves and say, we're going to be all right. Just come on. We just got to buckle down and do what we have to do. We're in this place for such a time as this. And they made history. All right. And by them making history, it solidified a lot of the former slaves that was free in this country that still saw injustice, but they was eat. They was able to see a black president. You understand? That was powerful. That was powerful. And what was so powerful, my dad was able to see that. Yes, he did. He was able to see that that year. So, so overall, whew, man. I know for a fact. <laughs> see what Bo- see what um, President Obama was did the debate. Trump couldn't say nothing. He tried to talk and all the kind of stuff, but he didn't play that with Trump. Um, with Barack Obama. He called himself trying to interrupt whatever, but guess what? He was stern. And one thing I didn't like that that really distaste me, that really did it for me with Trump. After last night, this really did it for me now. It really did it for me now. When he first became president in in 2017, when Hurricane Harvey hit, and I was in that shelter. And those young people, he's all about himself, y'all. He was walking out the door. And those young people were saying, hey, President Trump, take us a picture. Take a picture. Take a picture. Saying, let us take a picture of you. And for some apparent reason, you guys, I yelled across that that hall. They want to take a picture with you. Stop and take a picture. And that man stopped. And I went over there and I took a picture with President Trump. 
That's when he first came into office and he came visit the NRG at the shelter after Hurricane Harvey that devastated Houston. And sad to say, people are just still recovering from um, Hurricane Harvey. And I was one of them. After two years, last year, I was homeless for two years. People didn't even realize it. I had no bed to sleep in, no tub to take a bath in, no kitchen to cook. Why y'all think I'm always excited when I come up in here and I can fix me some coffee and, and, and breakfast? I mean, hey, God is good. And even then, that man was selfish because he kept on going until somebody had to yell out to make him stop. And I had an opportunity to take a picture of him. And the camera did not work. And you know, he said his secret service was trying to pull me away. And he said, and he kindly said, he said, oh, no, no, let her, let her fix the camera. Go ahead, fix it. Now, how you want to do it? Okay, take it. But you know, that's what he, it's all about him anyway. And y'all just don't know, I got so, I had good responses when I post that picture and negative responses. But let me tell you the spiritual response about all of that. Lord was just using that. As a metaphor for me, Dr. D. He said, no matter where you go, you're going to always have access. Wow. You see what I'm saying? So even though stuff don't look right to other people's eyes, you better make sure you have a spiritual relationship with your father, God in heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Because only he knows your life and you have to walk this prophetic life on your own. You know why it's a big thing now with this male, this this male issue, male imbalance. Now they ain't never had this male imbalance balance issue all these decades. And why all of a sudden? Because he know he can't have his friends Russia and China manipulate the system now, right? So now, come on now, now way two years ago. Because remember, the male was acting crazy two years ago. Come to find out, he didn't appointed the head director or something of the postal service. That's his buddy. Oh, I'm going to get on the computer. I'm going to do the fact checking, baby. I'm going to come back and say it all. But let me go ahead and fix my coffee before I go into all these little details. But that was a hot mess. That's all I got to say. Lord have mercy. What was that? What's going on, everybody? I figured I'd just jump in to give you my opinions on what happened in the first presidential debate. If you missed the debates, I'm going to give you a quick recap of what happened. Would you like to respond? It was very informative. First things first, we need new debate rules, people. Chris Wallace, thank you for your service, and I hope that you have a lot of money for your therapy. You made a valiant effort, but you were not ready for this because no human being could have been ready for this. They don't need a moderator for this thing. They need a UFC ref. Dana White, get on it. Trump would not shut up. 
Right now, he's still in his bedroom complaining about how crooked Hillary rigged the election that he won. She totally stole it, but I got it. I brought it back. I grabbed it from her. I totally had it. Passed the toothpaste, Melania. That's what I did. I grabbed it from Hillary. I mean, at one point, Chris Wallace was yep. this close yep. to looking at Trump and saying, nigga, you gotta shut the f up. <laughs> that was Chris Wallace losing his mind. So look, moderators, you need to figure out how to handle Trump at a debate, because this is not good for the nation. It doesn't work to just say, Mr. President, please, Mr. President, please, please, Mr. President, please. Have you ever asked a toddler, please? Please put down the matches, please put down. Your house will be burned down around you. That's why Melania slaps the hand. You gotta slap the hand. Can't be talking to a toddler. I'm telling you, man, they need to switch things up. They need to figure something out. Do anything. Give the next moderator a spray bottle just to spritz them anytime they interrupt. I promise you Trump will be quiet because his hair turns into a gremlin if it gets wet. Just spray him. Psst, psst. Or you know what, even better? Give Trump $100 for every time he lets Biden finish a sentence. Yeah. I mean, the money is a great incentive for him, and now that we've seen the tax returns, we know that he needs it. And whoever decided on this format needs to be fired. Because I don't know about you at home, but I have never, and I mean never, wanted to see a commercial break more badly in my life. I cannot do 90 straight minutes of this shit ever again. It was brutal. Yeah. There's gotta be a commercial break every five minutes. And during those commercial breaks, every ad should be for antidepressants or some drug that has side effects that make you forget the last four years. And honestly, if you went to a commercial in the middle of this thing, I bet even the guys in the ad would be flustered. They'd be so thrown off by Donald Trump, they'd be like, uh, I was gonna tell you about the, uh, the cat litter or hot, hot dogs or, I can't remember any, I don't, I'm sorry, I, guys, I, I don't know what this ad is about. That guy just kept on. And these debates need fact checkers. Yes. Why am I the only yes. person who still says, guys, debates need fact yes. checkers. Yes. Because otherwise people can just stand on the stage and, and say, say whatever they want yeah. and there are no consequences. Zero, nada, zilch. Every time a candidate says a lie, there should be some sort of like sign that they lied. Like maybe a brick should come down on their side of the screen, you know, like Tetris. And then as they lie, it'll just gradually build up higher and higher until it covers their face. I mean, the best part for Trump is that five minutes into the debate, he'll finally have his wall. There are so many places where there is no truth. Twitter, Facebook, partisan news networks. These debates at the very least should be a place where people can tune in and expect some kind of fact check, you know? You can't just have both candidates making things up if they're yeah. gonna make things up. It's like, you don't know. Is Biden telling the truth? I think so. Is Trump, that's definitely a lie, but no one's saying anything. You can't have them decide when it's a lie. It's like the NBA finals. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, you can call your own fouls. No, that's chaos. You need an actual ref on the court, people. I mean, the one upside of this whole night is now we know what the Fight Club sequel will look like in 40 years. That's the one upside. In fact, that's what we should do. We should just let these guys wrestle. Yeah, just let that's them what I say physically too. wrestle each other. Wow. Because the reality is, everyone's made up their mind, right? There's no such thing as an undecided voter. It's just people too embarrassed to say how they'll vote. So let's entertain America at least with two old men wrestling, and the winner gets a free hip replacement. <laughs> so, I don't know, guys. Fresh after the debate, what is my takeaway? <laughs> I don't actually yeah, know. Horrible. I mean, I don't know how Biden did because Trump did more interrupting oh. than Kanye West in a room full of Taylor Swifts. It sounded less like a debate and more like the radio was stuck catching two stations. I wouldn't Hillary until this guy's a clown. Please, Mr. President. I can't believe that Biden even managed to keep any train of thought. That was impressive. You want to talk about being a copus mentis for being president? 
pay attention while Trump is trying to interrupt you the whole time. It's like having a little devil on your shoulder, but they're not trying to convince you of anything. They're just trying to mess you up. Yeah, that's what 250,000, that's that. It's a lie, barisma, baby. <laughs> I was watching that debate, and I kept forgetting where I was. Oh. I actually hope Biden was taking drugs, because that's the only way I was able to get through the debates. And as for Trump's performance, two things. Wow. One, now we finally know what it would be like if he read his Twitter feed out loud. And two, I can't believe how hard his brain malfunctioned when they asked him to denounce white supremacists. Oh, I know. you denounce See? the Proud Boys, Mr. President? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, uh, uh, the Proud Boys. Well, stand back and stand by, boys. Come on, so now. The first See, debates, I wasn't the only one caught that. I don't know if anybody won. All I know is for the next debate, I'm going to stand back from the TV and stand by a bottle of wine. We'll see you guys tomorrow for the fallout from the first presidential debate on the Daily Social Distancing Show debate. Good night. I'm out. This shit was ridiculous. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Trevor Noah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. He caught some stuff, too, especially about the white supremacists. Uh-huh. See, I'm telling y'all, this stuff is serious, man. He keeps saying one thing, but he ain't going to denounce that. Oh, no, he's not going to denounce that because he, he want to hold on to his privilege. He want to hold on to his white privilege, baby. I'm sorry. And, they, and, and Chris kept asking him about the Antifa in the, um, 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 the militia and denounced. He said, well, will you tell your supporters, um, to stand down and wait, you know, until the to the the president election is counted and voted will you denounce talk to him right now and denounce white supremacy man he could not say it y'all i'm so glad i'm not the only one that caught that and he talking about he he want to bring america back together no he's he keeps saying no i'm gonna bring it back the way it was see you see what i'm saying talk is cheap all right i'm out i'm gonna come back and, and point out some other stuff that I was talking about. But I forgot to listen to him. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And I'm so glad that he he uh, reiterated on some stuff that I had already talked about. You know, because that's, that's what I caught him. It was so much more. It was so much more. He was talking about the economy. He was talking about um, the black folks and their jobs. And you know what? In a way, black Americans more into business, you see. And so because of the COVID, our business is hurt. It's not so much in jobs. Of course, a low rate in, in jobs. Black people know about ownership. We got to own our stuff. We got to have a business. We can't depend on a job. People on a job? No. I'm going to let you later. Check me out on the next episode, okay? Go and get Bellet from Mailbox, and I will reward you with delicious Russian candy. It's frozen onions. <laughs> but regardless of how it happens, clearly Trump's goal here is to stir up fears about fraud. And if you commit fraud, you go going down. Unless it's tax fraud, then Trump wants to trade tips. But voter fraud, you're going down. But just to be clear, are there sometimes isolated incidents of voter Voter fraud? Sure, there are, right? But in the states that have been doing all male elections for years, there's been no evidence of anything close 
to widespread problems that can affect the election. But, and this is a big but, that doesn't mean that America has no problems with mail-in voting at all. In fact, the real danger with mail-in voting isn't fraud. It's all the little things that can get your vote thrown out. There is evidence of widespread rejection of mail-in ballots because of human error. In this year's primary, more than half a million ballots were reportedly thrown out for simple mistakes, such as signatures not matching the state's records, a missing signature, envelope problems, and ballots arriving after the deadline. Many voters do not realize they have to sign the back of the ballot envelope they mail in. Rather than fill in the bubble, they put an X, so they put a stray mark somewhere. The ballot is, is, uh, is uh, discounted and thrown out. Pennsylvania is one of 16 states requiring that voters receive two envelopes with a mail-in ballot, the outer postmarked envelope, and the inner one, meant to preserve anonymity and protect from tampering. Pennsylvania State Supreme Court now ordering officials to throw out mail-in ballots that arrive without inner privacy envelopes, known as naked ballots. And as many as 100,000 votes statewide could be invalidated because of missing privacy envelopes. President Trump won Pennsylvania in 2016 by just over 44,000 votes. Oh, man. This could be a major disaster. Hundreds of thousands of votes could get thrown out because of minor human errors. Just from a missing signature to a partially filled bubble. The more I learn about American democracy, the more I think to myself, you guys are invading other countries to give them this? I mean, maybe you guys should figure out this thing before taking it to the global markets. And don't get me wrong, I see why a lot of these ballot requirements exist. I mean, they were designed to prevent fraud. The only problem is that they can mean that a perfectly legal vote gets thrown out. You know, it would be like missing one square with a traffic light, but instead of not getting into your email account, Donald Trump gets a second term. I knew it was a traffic light. I knew it! And yeah, part of the problem is that there are a lot of little things you have to do and you have to get right for your ballots to count. But the other problem is that most people just don't like reading instructions. I mean, it's the reason most of us can't cook. Cooking is literally just reading instructions and doing what they say. And yet half of us are going rogue in the kitchen like, it says a teaspoon of salt, but my hand is basically a teaspoon, right? Wait, what do you mean my cookies got thrown out? Those were perfectly valid cookies. Now what are people supposed to eat at the orgy? Oh, and if you're one of those perfect people who never misses a detail and won't ever make a mistake, first of all, kill yourself. And secondly, it turns out the government might make your mistakes for you. A mailer that was supposed to help district voters confirm their mailing address instead is sparking a lot of confusion. The D.C. Board of Elections sent as many as 500,000 faulty mailers. If you follow the instructions and you tear the card along the perforated lines before you mail it, vital information will not be included. Roughly 1,400 voters here in Northern Virginia got duplicate absentee ballots. What elections officials are telling the Washington Post is that this was a, a clerical error. Absentee ballots are arriving in thousands of New York City mailboxes, but we are told there is a major problem with the return envelope stuffed inside. Voters tell News 4 they were just about to mail in their absentee ballot when they noticed the name and address on the return envelope wasn't theirs. Man, can you imagine that? Your vote doesn't count because the government messed up your ballot. 
That's why you have to vote for a better government. But you can't because they messed up your ballot. It's the perfect crime. How come this never happens with the IRS? Huh? You never get to not pay your taxes because they messed up your name. Mr. Turver, no hell. It's time for you to pay your taxes. Actually, that's not my name. Man, f- your name. We're here for the money. And look, I'm not at all surprised that this is happening with these ballots because this kind of thing happens with all mail. Yep. I mean, think about everything you know about the people who used to live at your address just based on the mail for them that you still get. Like, I know the guy who lived here before me used to shop at West Elm. I know that he went to the University of Arkansas. Yeah. And I know that he has terrible credit because of all the credit cards I fill out in his name. Oh. By the way, thanks for the new TV, Dave. I appreciate it. Oh, oh and by the way, your blood work came back. Ugh. Now, the truth is, mistakes are made with mail-in ballots every single election. But this year, especially, Donald Trump is preparing to hunt down any mistakes that could get a vote thrown out. Because he knows that Democrats are planning to overwhelmingly vote by mail. So look, I don't want to give anyone the wrong idea. The vast majority of mail-in ballots should be fine. But if you want to be even more sure that your yeah, vote will you know, count, vote. you should try to vote in person yeah. if it's safe for you to do so. Yes, yeah, And if your state offers early voting, that's a good way to avoid crowds and long lines on election day. But if you can't vote in person and you want to make sure that your mail-in ballot is counted, well, don't worry. The Daily Social Distancing Show has got you covered. This year, many Americans will be voting by mail for the first time. For some young voters, this will be the first time they've sent any mail at all. So, to make sure your ballot is counted, we put together some simple mail-in voting do's and don'ts. Do remember that unless you live in these nine states, you can only get a mail-in ballot after you've applied for one and been approved. It's called consent. Once you get your ballot, do vote as early as possible. In fact, I already filled out my ballot for the 2024 election. Good luck on election night, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> do follow all the instructions. Mail-in voting is like building a bookshelf from Ikea. Skip one step and the whole thing could collapse and fall on your nephew Dennis and then everybody stops talking to you. Don't write in a fake address like 69 doggy style lane. <laughs> Actually, it's pretty good. I might use that. Do sign your name before sending your ballot in. And not that squiggle bullshit you do on the credit card machine at CVS, your real signature. Don't eat Cheetos right before you fill your ballot out. The smudges won't nullify your vote. It's just gross. Don't use your ballot to write Fuller House erotica. Even if you have interesting ideas about what Uncle Jesse and Kimmy Gibbler could do to each other, it's been done. Do remember that your state might require a witness to sign your ballot too. Don't knock it till you try it. Sometimes voting can be hotter when someone's watching. Do not send in a naked ballot. In the states that require it, make sure to put your ballot inside the secrecy envelope before sending. Also, do not send in a naked photo of yourself. I've been told by numerous election officials they are not welcome, even if they're extremely sexy. Don't copy the Asian kids' answers. This isn't high school algebra. Roy. Man, ain't nobody looking at you, dude. I'm over here waiting for my turn to talk. Oh, really? Will you? Yes. Okay. Don't hand your ballot to anyone who introduces himself as an official ballot taste tester. He does not work at the post office. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, you guys. That's trouble in his 
comedian team. So, but that's the truth. You have to make sure you take the steps if you're gonna. I just advise everybody if you can go to the store, go in the mall, you can get up and go walk to that pole, drive to the pole, fly to the pole, okay? And just go ahead and cast your vote, okay? Do not keep your ballot as a souvenir. What are you, an idiot? Do give yourself a pat on the back after turning in your ballot. Democracy was in your hands, and you did it. The bare minimum. Well done. Once you've voted, it's time to prepare for the post-election chaos. Do make sure you have enough wood to build yourself a bunker. And do not <laughs> with me at night. I'm ready, motherfucker. stupid yeah because that's gonna i want to be inside on election day i'm telling you because i know it's gonna be man it's gonna be a hot mess again just like the debate was a hot mess all right you guys same relationships are not the same getting drunk at 10 a.m is not the same i mean it's way less exciting if everyone's doing it now but there's one thing that's remained surprisingly constant and that's been the chaos within the Trump administration. Because where most administrations would be galvanized by an external threat, this White House seems to think of chaos as an essential service that they need to keep providing. And yesterday, it all spilled out into the open, starting with a bombshell. The scientist in charge of the government's efforts to make a coronavirus vaccine suddenly got fired with no explanation. Now, he says it's because he disagreed with President Trump about pushing hydrochloroquine as a miracle drug, right? But then some people who worked with him said, actually, he was fired because he wasn't good at his job and he was working too slowly. And I'm sorry, people, but this is insane. We're in the middle of a pandemic and Trump's people are squabbling like they're on an Andy Cohen reunion show. And to make things even worse, when President Trump was asked why the guy in charge of finding a vaccine was fired, this is how he responded. I never heard of him. You just mentioned a name. I never heard of him. When did this happen? This happened today. Well, I never heard of him. Uh, if the guy says he was pushed out of a job, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. I did have to hear the other side. I don't know who he is. That's right. Trump has never heard of the guy in charge of finding a vaccine. Wow. And you know what? To be honest, part of me is not surprised. Sir, would you like to meet the scientist who's in charge of finding the vaccine? A scientist? Ew, gross. I'd rather meet Eric. And here's my only question about Trump. Why does he never hear of the people who are trying to solve problems, but people who are trying to cause problems? Hello, Giuliani. Yeah, some guy has the cure in his lab. I need you to get in there and do your Tasmanian devil thing. I don't understand how Trump has never heard of the person in charge of finding the vaccine to the disease that has shut down the entire world. And don't tell me it's because he's too busy. I mean, this is the same man, the same man who says he's been watching every nightly news show, plus CNN, MSNBC in the morning, Fox News on weekend afternoons, and even reruns of baseball. Reruns. And let me tell you something. If you have time to watch reruns of baseball, you have time for anything. Baseball is boring when it's happening. Watching it in reruns is like watching paint dry through a PowerPoint presentation. And for this next one... But you know what? Maybe the vaccine guy is actually lucky that Trump doesn't know who the hell he is. 
Because the people that Trump does know, they have it even worse. Robert Redfield, director of the CDC and guy who owns a pharmacy in every Western, made news when he told the Washington Post that next winter, a second wave of coronavirus could be even more difficult to handle because it could coincide with flu season. And the idea of corona and flu hitting us simultaneously is terrifying. Because that means we're gonna have to do double social distancing. We gotta wear two masks. We gotta stay 12 feet away from people. We're gonna have to watch celebrities sing Imagine twice. Imagine, imagine, there's no, there's no <laughs> Oh, and the president was clearly unhappy with what the CDC director said. Because right after the article came out, Trump tried to call back seas. The president also trying to walk back the head of the CDC's warning about a second wave of the virus next fall, claiming virus. it was fake news. Totally misquoted. I spoke to him and he said it was ridiculous. He was talking about the flu and corona coming together at the same time. Bringing Redfield to the podium to clarify. I didn't say that this was going to be worse. I said it was going to be more difficult and potentially complicated because we'll have flu and coronavirus circulating at the same time. Oh, okay, so it's not going to get worse. It's just going to be more difficult and complicated. If only there was one word that could summarize that general feeling. You know, I'll be honest. I actually feel sorry for all of these experts who have to share the stage with Trump. Yeah. Because think about their job. They have to walk a fine line of giving everyone accurate information but then also making sure that they don't say anything that angers their boss. In a way, working for Trump is like being married to Carol Baskin. One foot wrong, and you don't know what could happen. I mean, we don't know what happened, but we know what happened. And you know, the chaos of this administration would be bad enough if it was just confined to Washington, but what makes this thing worse, I'm sorry, what makes it more difficult to contain is that the chaos is now spreading around the country. Because last week, Trump encouraged governors to reopen their economies. But now, now that Georgia's Trump-loving governor, Brian Kemp, has done exactly what Trump is saying, all of a sudden it's like, oh snap, you on your own, son. I told the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, that I disagree strongly with his decision to open certain facilities. I want him to do what he thinks is right. Uh, but I disagree with him on what he's doing. So do I agree with him? No, but I respect him and I will let him make his decision. Would I do that? No, I'd keep him a little longer. I want to protect people's lives. You have got to be kidding me. Wow. Trump didn't just throw Brian Kemp under the bus. He basically looked up the bus schedule in advance, told Brian Kemp to meet him at the road at 3.15, and then guess who was driving? And you know, this is what you get when you roll with Donald Trump. These guys are trying so hard to suck up to him. And then when they're fully committed, bam, he can just sell you out. Yeah. This whole Trump and, and, and Kemp thing, it sort of reminds me of Eminem and Stan. In fact, it's almost exactly the same as Eminem and Stan. Hey, Donald, I just opened up my state. Dare me to drive? I said that shit just clowning, Doug. How f***ed up is you? I saw this one dude on the news said he's opening bowling alleys too. And now that I think about it, Oh, shit. It was you. Do you have Medicare? Did you know you may qualify to get up to $135 added back to your Social Security check every month? It's easy to see if you're eligible. As coronavirus continues to sweep across America, leaders are trying to figure out the right balance between keeping people safe and keeping the economy moving. 
while the rest of us are trying to figure out if we can grow tomatoes by planting some ketchup. Spoiler alert, you can. And even though medical experts say it's still too soon to reopen the economy, a number of governors have announced that they're ready to start easing restrictions. For instance, in Georgia, Governor Brian Kemp has announced that businesses like gyms, hair salons, and bowling alleys are free to reopen by Friday. Yeah, I'm not a governor, but I'll be honest, this seems like a very strange decision. You know, bowling alleys? I feel like that should be the last place to reopen. You know, bowling, if you think about it, it's a sport based around sticking your fingers into a ball that other people just stuck their fingers into. You might as well tell people to join a competitive sneezing league. But while some are opening up their states, President Trump has announced that he's shutting down the border. In a 10 p.m. tweet last night, Trump declared that due to coronavirus, he's going to sign an executive order suspending all immigration into the United States. And my only question is, who is even immigrating right now? I don't even like going to the grocery store. You're telling me there's other people out there who are like, hey, honey, uh, I'm gonna go to another country. Do you want me to grab anything for you? But this is a big step for Trump. Because remember, two-thirds of his wives have been immigrants. So closing the immigration system is Trump's version of deleting Tinder. And look, like most of Trump's tweets, we don't know how seriously to take this. But it obviously has some people alarmed because, after all, he is the president. Hashtag not my president because they didn't accept my ballots. And surprisingly, some of that alarm is even coming from the president's own advisors, Fox News. Many families here, including mine, we have au pairs and we rely on them. I go to work at three o'clock in the morning, so I need her there and I need her in my house so that she can help me with my daughter. So many families rely on childcare from other countries. These au pairs come here on work visas. They have to go back to their country to get the, the visas renewed. And we've been talking in my house about how that's going to happen. So these are all things. These are questions that we have that, that hopefully the president will roll out a plan and we'll all be um, informed on how this is going to affect all of our lives. Okay, first of all, many families here do not have au pairs. That's right. In fact, 0.03% <clears throat> of families in America have au pairs. Yeah, you're more likely to have a show on Quibi than have an au pair. So look, instead of trying to act like this is an everyone thing, what she should really say is, damn, this new thing Trump did is really gonna affect me. Right. So now I really care. Because this is what a lot of people do with President right. Trump. Right. They're willing to tolerate him right. because his actions don't affect them personally. And this isn't unique to politics, please. People do this all the time. I mean, people, people even do it with jokes. Yes, oh my God, Nigerians are funny. <laughs> yeah, Indians, Indians do that all the time. <laughs> that is totally Brazil. Wait, what did you say about Russians? Uh, it, it was just another joke. Okay, I wait for you outside, and then we make more joke. <laughs> now, if President Trump goes through with this immigration ban, it'll be yet another policy he's pushing through during the corona pandemic. In fact, his administration has already shut down visa applications. Yeah. They've paused the refugee program. They've blocked migrants from seeking asylum. And during corona, Trump's EPA even decided to drastically cut enforcement of environmental regulations. So don't forget, while you're finally getting around to watching Ozark and trying to bake bread for the first time, Donald Trump, he's also using coronavirus as an opportunity yeah. to do all the things he always wanted to do. Yeah. The only difference is when quarantine is over and you throw away your bowl of yeast, Trump's hobbies are gonna keep going for a very long time. Word. Governor Andrew Cuomo, 
Wow, that's a lot of information, y'all. I have not really been, uh, I mean, it's so much. I'm going to just be honest. It is so much. To, it's, it's a challenge to keep up with all of it. It's so much stuff that's going on behind the cl- closed doors, y'all. I'm telling you. All this stuff that is happening. You know, and one thing that I don't think the American people really know. And like I said, I'm still fixing me some breakfast. So while I'm fixing me some breakfast. Oh, and I got to hurry up too because it's 9 o'clock. I'm kind of late. Um, <clears throat> all this fussing and and protesting against the mass and our rights or whatever. Don't y'all know U.S. citizens is banned to travel? If you have a U.S. Uh, a passport and I'm talking about out the country. And if you go to these other countries now, you have to quarantine for 14 days before you even go and visit anything. So I hope y'all have money. If nobody didn't tell you, on the watch list is USA, banded from countries. Okay? Yes. I'm going to fact check that. But I guess the travel alerts because I travel international. So that's how I know. Mm-hmm. What about that, protesters? Y'all making us look real bad that I can't even go see my children in Africa. Come on now, for real. Yes. When we know that the income that he has or is proposed to have had, right, is far greater than that of the average black man. So if you sign with somebody who is basically cheating the system so you can pay more in taxes, you a fool. Bruce, I saw you. You were snapping your fingers. Go ahead. Listen. Um, I, I'm I'm sending that brother a Christmas card. Um, <laughs> listen, I, I wanna I wanna I wanna go, I wanna go back to this messaging because I, I definitely appreciate um every single one of the brothers' input. Um, economics is very important, Roland. This is something you and I talked about our prior interview. Um, economics is very very important. Do not get me wrong. Um, what black men are tired of is dying. Yes. Yes. At the end of the day. Yes. When you talk about this system, when you talk about the Republican Party, when you talk about even certain other aspects of this system, right, there is prosperity in our poverty, right? There is prosperity in them keeping us in the places that we are. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, come on now. That's it. When we talk about defunding the police, we talk about criminal justice reform, when we talk about uh, the carceral system, right, we talk about mass incarceration, who benefits from mass incarceration who benefits from us going to jail each and every day who benefits from us dying each and every day if if we if we even if if a candidate can have the bold stance right because i what what black men that i'm talking to are tired of is this safeness right this idea of we're gonna vote safe because this is the moderate way to do it moderate ain't got us where we need to be 
because at the end of the day, we still dying out here. We yeah. still dying. Yeah. We still poor. We still scrapping for the same resources we've been scrapping for. We still fighting for the right to vote. We still fighting against against all these oppressive systems. So this safeness ain't got us nowhere. So when we have somebody that that can take a bold stance, right? Like that's the message that we need to talk about. We really need to dig deep into why this system is being fed. We need to stop feeding the system, but the way we gonna stop feeding the system is if we have those candidates who are gonna come in and say, you know what? I'm gonna take this bold stance right here, but not only am I gonna take it, I'm gonna walk the talk. Yes. At the end of the day, yes. No matter who gets in office, if they drink the Kool-Aid and understand, you know what, this system ain't built for us, so it, it's all right if we, we take this step back. It's all right if we don't concentrate on those certain type of folks. I'm going to bring Michael Harridge's conversation uh, to that point, Michael. And the reason, the reason why I say why you have to dress brother specifically is for the same reason why you address sister specifically. It's the same reason why if you are Biden or Harris or if you are Trump or if you're running for the Senate or the House, you're talking to suburban uh, uh, folks specifically. You're talking to others because you have to uh, you have to say, OK, if I, if I can reach you and speak to what you care about, not only are you going to vote, you're going to bring you're going to be a, a surrogate without me even ask you to be one because you're going to get others to buy into it. Which, which is, Roland, which is why one of the things that I can't understand is why the Democratic Party won't reach out to black male voters, right? Because, like, again, it goes back to math. We know that black men aren't voting in the numbers that white, that black women are, are voting in, Right. But instead of going after black men, they'll go to these white people who they know when it, when push comes to shove is going to always vote for the Republican candidate instead of the Democratic Party. White people are always historically going to vote Republican, but they will chase those votes instead of a, a group of black men who all they want you to do, as the brother said previously, is to fight for them, and we don't see them fight. That's for them. right. Like, we, like there's this whole hullabaloo, right, over this empty Supreme Court seat, right? And when Barack Obama was president, the Senate Democrats had the Senate for six years and didn't invoke the nuclear option while these judges, while these federal seats were empty. We're talking about the Supreme Court seat, but these federal seats were empty that Obama could have filled that got and gotten these black men out of prison. We know that Republican judges sentenced black men to 20% longer sentences than, than uh, liberal judges pointed by liberals or Democrats, right? So, like, the Democratic Party was just playing this conservative political game of, of nothing, while as soon as Republicans got party, they fought for their people. They're going to outlaw abortion. They're going to fill these Trump is packing the federal benches. We want someone to fight for us like that. And in the wake of the Democratic Party just sitting back and doing nothing to get black men and doing nothing for the black men who voted for them, it's hard to see why black men would just jump out on a limb and run after a party who's not running after them. If the Democratic Party increased the base of black voters, then yeah. we don't have to convince 
black Trump voters not to vote for Trump because if 14%, if 14 out of 100 people voted for Trump, he gets 14%. If 14 out of 200 voted for Trump, you get seven and a half percent. So if you increase increase the number of voters, you don't have to worry about those dodos who vote for a man who wants to kill them or kick them out of his country. Which goes to terrain investment. And that is very simple. Um, you have to actually make the investment, which also means being very specific, investment in black media, in those organizations, in those entities, talking to them. And, and, and again, I get politics. That is, you put your emphasis on where you're going to get the greatest return. But if you don't plant the seeds, nothing will ever grow. Exactly. Um, and I want to speak to that if you don't mind. Um, I think a lot of candidates don't really see the value in talking to black media because they feel like, you know, if you cover your bases with the mainstream, then everything's fine. But there are a lot of people who don't have TV who get all their information off social media and they get it off of off their cell phones. And you have to go there and you have to present those people with solid policy. I, for right now, from what I've been seeing from a lot of candidates, is a lot of entertainment and you see a lot of focus on optics and the sort of like um, presentation, but they're not really doing a really good job of getting policy out to these people and they're hungry for it. You have to trust your, you have to trust your voter base to be willing to listen to what you have to say and be intelligent enough to want to hear what your policy positions are. You have to stop being afraid of that. Um, I want Anthony. This is is uh, I'm gonna speak. To, I want to speak to you and Gary because I think Gary comes at this from an activist point, and you come at from the political class point. And and this is where Anthony, it's it's, it's also you, you got to think differently. And that is this here. If if, if I got bros, if I've reached bros who don't have college degrees, if I've reached those individuals. Uh, who aren't in professional organizations, if I've reached those individuals who are not in the political class, again, what I should be doing is amplifying them because they also are going to reach folk who are not your ordinary voters. And that Desmond Mead told me that. He said the reason the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition was so successful is because they weren't afraid to go into public housing complexes. They weren't right. afraid to go into uh, low-income neighborhoods. They weren't afraid to go there. He said, and then they sent people there who had credibility with the very folk who they were talking to, and then they, had, they educated them on policy and things like that. He said, and that's how they were able to build that coalition in Florida, to get Amendment 4 passed. I, I think you're on to something, which is why that video with Tyler, the creator, was so important. This is why the Biden campaign has enlisted Frankie Beverly uh, to host events uh, for his behalf, uh, on his behalf. You know, the other part of this are things that happen organically. Uh, and we have not spent any time talking about this video that, uh, that a group of Atlanta strippers uh, release. Well, actually, uh, I, actually, so actually, I had the I had the director on my show yesterday. I, I had oh, her on the show yesterday explaining yeah. why they did it, and this is what yeah. she said. She said, point blank, we got a voice, and we wanted yes. to reach people who don't care about politics. And she said, Atlanta is the capital. Of, she said, is she said people know Atlanta for Coca Cola and Magic City, 
and see now 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 remember there were a lot of other black people i had judge joe brown who sent me a text and other people were like oh how how dare and i was, and there were black i had black feminists who said hey uh, we don't like this as well but the director said angela gone she said hey we trying to reach anybody and everybody that's why we did it so i'm like okay cool it, go it, ahead this it is unconventional and that's my point about it is that you have to meet people where they are where they are right so you can talk to the brother who has an mba and reads the new york times and who is unconvinced that he should vote for trump and then you could you can talk for uh the brother in atlanta uh who got this on instagram uh and you know he's never voted before in his life my point is that it should be all of the above um role and i think that's the point that you were And I think that's the point that you were trying to make. Uh, folks, let's just do this here. Uh, we're going to get, uh, we're going to um, uh, get final thoughts of each one. Right. Um, I just have to say that the, the Democratic Party needs to reach out to every voter that it can, right? So we know that white people have mostly chosen their party and black women always show up. And the part, the people in the constituency that they can build a base with is black men. And it's not about having to appease black men. It is actually, all they have to do is just do the stuff they say they're going to do, right? Fight for black people like Republicans fight for white people and black men will flock to the party in droves. Bruce Franks. I didn't get elected to the state house in Missouri, a highly Republican area, because I followed the ban list, but because I went with every uh, every voter who who was who was going to vote, and we knew they was going to vote. We got an office because we went to every house, every person who was in the hood, who was in the cracks and crevices, the gangways, wherever it was. That's who we reached out to. That's who we got in front of, and we let them know what we were going to do and how we were going to do it. That. That, that's not exclusive to a state rep race. That's not exclusive to a Senate race. That can be done on a presidential level, on a federal level, if folks are willing to have the balls to get out there and go into the cracks and crevices of our community and get to the folks who are unengaged because that's going to be what gets us over the hump. But you're going to have to do it with bold policies and bold stances. Uh, Anthony Coley, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I know people don't like using the word cons, but I'm sorry. If, I, if I'm sitting and putting a campaign together, I'm going to have ex-cons for Biden, ex-cons for Trump, ex-cons for Frank. Again, what, what I'm thinking about is, is, first of all, politics is completely about identity politics, okay? It's yeah. segmented. It's all segmented. I don't care who you are. It's segmented by income, by race, yeah. by gender, by sexual orientation, what neighborhood you're from. And so I'm simply saying that if, if if you're the Democratic Party and you actually want to really, really reach black men, you got to actually talk to them, not talk around them. Exactly. That's exactly, exactly right. You have to talk to them and you have to meet them where they are. And what do I mean when I say that? There is a sentiment within not just the black community, but with the electorate in general, that the system is rigged. And if, if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris can talk uh, and, I'm, and I should actually speak directly to folks who are on the fence right now. Um, this election 
is not about you know either one of these two candidates. This election is about who can um, fundamentally make um, your economic life uh, better for you and your family. Um, I believe that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, but you have to uh, study study stu- study the policies yourselves. Uh, I believe when we talk about a system that is rigged, that is not working for uh, all of us, or the least of these, as scripture says, um, that we need candidates who are actually going to deliver on what they say when they talk about disrupting the system that's causing so much, so much angst in our community. Dwayne, what I want to say to the Democratic Party and the DNC is that they need to find the courage of their convictions and they need to stop being in the middle and take definite stands about what they stand for because right now that messaging is not coming across and Kamala Harris and Joe Biden need to really go directly to black men and talk to them about what they can do for them to make their lives better and how they can create a bridge between the gaps between their records and what they're known for and what they're standing for now. They can't afford to leave any votes behind at this point. Gary Chambers, bring us home. If I could send a message to Joe Biden directly, I would say to sum up what all of these brothers have said, is every black vote. You got to go after every single black vote. And Joe has ran for president. Now, this is his third time, I believe, right? Uh, if you want something that you never had, Joe, you're going to have to do something you never done. Come on now. Which is go after black folks <laughs> yep. like you never have before. Yep. Not with pandering, but with policies, yes. with ideas, and with credible people to black men. Don't show up with every suit and tie that you can find. Don't show up with somebody with every degree that you can find. Show up with people that the people actually know. Show up with people that are actually doing the work in the community and fighting for change. And I believe you will see black people begin to mobilize because when you take us serious, we'll take you serious. That's right. Uh, I That's think very good. Simple, uh, and that is this year. That's good. Um, as Gary said, every vote does indeed count. And what it requires. All right, you guys. I just wanted to uh, interject that. Um, this is coming now. coming from um, the Roland Roland Martin Unfiltered right Digital me, Show, this is where and I like to add other individuals. You Wait. speak directly to brothers. You have institutions out there. I really believe um, that's the main issue about the black men, and even though. They talk about it. You can hear that they talk around it. They say, yeah, we're going to get together like Biden. He say he want to get with the community leaders with the NAWCP and um, get together and have someone with the police when they go on site. And that's part of the the, the chaplain, the chaplain part. Uh, a former pastor I know was doing ride alongs with the police officers. And before they went in or they once they. Uh, desensitize the situation they'll have a chaplain okay he was fully dressed fully with the bulletproof everything right as a chaplain you understand me a soldier and going on site going on site to de-escalate half the situations that could have been avoided but as we see they they quick to shoot they trigger fingers it's like a black man they're going to shoot you first and ask questions later. And most of the time, they can't answer because they did. So I wanted you guys to hear some black brothers on um, on my show that's on a show <laughs> that can uh, articulate on the heartfelt issues. Because I'm from my black brothers, you know. Um, hey, I know I have a lot to offer to to any man 
okay, because I'm a full-blown woman, you know, but I prefer, you know, my black brothers. It's just that sometimes black brothers, you got to get your mind right. You know, you, you have to get out this systematic control and domination over a woman and accept that woman as a gift from God to be there to be your helpmate. You know, it's not all about you. God made you one. When you come in contact with that woman, you know, like I had to get on my cousin one time. He may even be listening to my show. And he was like, oh, she, she's on, um, hey, what the word he used? Not trial. Oh, man. Something he had said and it did something to him. I said, what? Excuse me? I said, well, why are you with her then? It was like uh, she was temporary or something like that. I said, no, 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 no. You better get that right. That woman is by your side. Y'all making things happen. She's she's um, illuminating the very talent and gift that you have. And you with her everywhere. Y'all in pictures everywhere. So, I mean, and y'all been together with how long? So what's the problem? You see what I'm saying? So black men want a trophy woman to be by themselves, but they don't want to commit and take the responsibility of that woman. Uh-oh. I know I'm touching on some stuff. So even that the brothers are demanding more dialogue from the politicians on respecting them and, and really understand that we here, we just want to provide for our family. Okay, we got a flip side that, flip it, right? And say, okay, by me put, uh, providing for my family, now I got to make sure I treat my queen right. I can't denounce her and compare her and beat her and emotionally abuse her. And I'm talking about in the church too. Come on, brothers. Y'all in the church too. The main ones. Carrying the Bible up there preaching to the world. And at home, you treating that woman like she ain't nothing. She got to come third to you. And why I say third to you? Because God's supposed to be first. Right? Then you got to make sure you take care of yourself so you can have your mind right. And then the church. Okay, with that body of people that you are in charge of, their souls that God is requiring you. You call, you say you are a leader, a pastor, evangelist, a, 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 or mostly bishops and pastors and apostles, and you say these are a group of people that God has charged you to teach and train, to disciple, to send out, not to hoard, because that's all this has been all these years, you know, just hoarding people in like they some type of herd and when God start dealing with them and start um telling them okay I need you to do this and do that out of respect they come to the leaders and say look the Lord showed me to do this here and I got this and they say well you sure the Lord told you that pray about it you know and whatever you do do it quietly lead quietly you know because we don't want wait wait we don't want what 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 oh because you're not doing right and if somebody choose to leave, they may have other members that you claim as members, but they're really ambassadors. They are disciples of the body of the kingdom. So you don't want them people to leave with them as they go out and branch out. Oh, that's how that goes. Oh, okay, all right. You see? But see, that's not God's way. That's not God's way at all. So it's a lot of things that are happening it's a reckoning taking place all over because this is this is it. This is this is the final straw because, like one brother said, this election is going to determine our fate. Well, the world's fate, our fate is supposed to be in the in the kingdom of God. 
you know, that means we're going to come into more strenuous warfare. You see what I'm saying? Um, against good and evil, man, like never before. We thought we had spiritual warfare going on. My God, I don't know if anybody been feeling it, but I've been feeling the intensity almost two years ago. The, the, the intensity of the spiritual warfare has heightened to the max where it's literally like a, grabbing hold to individuals and really, really striving to destroy their lives. You see what I'm saying? So uh, I just pray that y'all had an opportunity to enjoy that. You know, I'm going to have my little commentary. I should have went to the next scene the next episode and share my thoughts on it. But, you know, it is what it is. This is Dr. D. Hey, this is what I do. (laughs) So y'all be blessed. I will um, chime with you guys later. Have an awesome day. It's Testimony Tuesday. Hey, and always remember, you can always send me a message. If you want your testimony, have an awesome testimony about how just things are going and you thought that you wouldn't have made it or something happened to the point where you know God showed up. He did a boom factor in your life. Hey, shoot me a message. Hey, if you want me to air it, I can air it. I'll add it into the program. And be patient. Be patient. Give me at least 24 to 48 hours to really pull those messages up because I see I got a whole bunch I need to go back and retract and um and reply to. Okay? Um, God bless you all. I appreciate all my new listeners. Just make sure you go um, um, hashtag over at Boom Factor TV. I'll go and subscribe and hit the notification on Boom Factor TV on YouTube, okay? And we'll have some awesome programs coming up. Uh, My birthday is this Saturday. I'm still undecided what I want to do. I'll probably announce it tomorrow. Uh, It's going to be something small. I was going to do this big old thing online. And I said, nah, because I know how I am. It's like I can't really, uh, I'm not able to really schedule something because I really don't know what's going to happen. Okay, so until then, y'all be blessed. I'm going to holler at you later. They were rarely followed, and there seemed to be more interruptions than information. So positions, platforms, and new ideas didn't seem to be at the forefront tonight. Between the bickering, though, there were a few moments of substance. Initial applause seemed the only unanimous sound all night. On the economy, there was disagreement. I had to close the greatest economy in the history of our country. And by the way, now it's being built again. We inherited the worst recession short of a depression in American history. I was asked to bring it back. We were able to have an economic recovery that created the jobs you're talking about. We handed him a booming economy. He blew it. On COVID, there was disagreement. The president has no plan. He hasn't laid out anything. He knew all the way back in February how serious this crisis was. He knew it was a deadly disease. What did he do? He's on tape is acknowledging he knew it. He said he didn't tell us or give people a warning of it because he didn't want to panic the American people. You don't panic. He panicked. President Trump did a phenomenal job. We did. We got the gowns. We got the masks. We made the ventilators. You wouldn't have made ventilators. And now we're weeks away from a vaccine. We're doing therapeutics already. Fewer people are dying when they get sick. 
on race, there was disagreement. There's systemic injustice in this country, in education, in work, and in in law enforcement, and and the way in which it's enforced. But look, the vast majority of police officers are good, decent, honorable men and women. They risk their lives every day to take care of us. But there are some bad apples. And when they occur, when they find them, they have to be sorted out. They have to be held accountable. They have to be held accountable. We have to go back to the core values of this country. They were teaching people that our country is a horrible place. It's a racist place. And they were teaching people to hate our country. And I'm not going to allow that to happen. And Chicago was not spared from tonight's debate as a democratic city of violence. I think it's a party issue. You can bring in a couple of examples. But if you look at Chicago, what's going on in Chicago, where uh, 53 people were shot and eight died shot. Mayor Lightfoot a few minutes ago tweeting to Trump, quote, keep Chicago out of your lying mouth. As for mail-in ballots, Mr. Biden defended the integrity of those ballots. Mr. Trump called the system a disaster that is going to lead to fraud, including alleging that ballots have been sold or found dumped in rivers and that it could take months to know who won the election. According to Mr. Trump, this is not going to end well. And with two more presidential debates left, the end of the clatter is still a long way off. Alan. Wow. Well, I thought they was going to show me some fat checking. I don't want to have to keep hearing all of that. You guys. Okay, so they got on here. The first thing they say, Trump stated, the sheriff just came out today and he said, I support President Trump. Um, here's the facts. They say, um, that's a, he said, that's false. He said the sheriff in, um, Matanama County in Oregon is located, say he does not support Trump. He did not even speak to Trump. Oh, the sheriff, Mike Reese tweeted, I have never supported Donald Trump and will never support him. Portland has been a flashpoint in the debate over racial injustice. Protests in the U.S. police and federal agents have repeatedly clashed with demonstrators gathering outside the downtown federal courthouse and police buildings. Some protesters have thrown bricks, rocks, and other projectiles at officers. Police and federal agents respond by firing tear gas, rubber bullets, and other non-lethal ammunition to disperse the crowds. Biden stated that there was a peaceful protest in front of the White House. What did he do? Meaning, what did Trump do? He came and disrupted the protest, came out of his bunker, and had the military to tear to throw tear gas. The fact, the fact was, it was law enforcement, not the military, that caused chemical irritants to forcefully remove peaceful protesters from Lake Lafayette Square outside the White House on June 1st. And there was no evidence Trump was inside a bunker in the White House at that time. The Secret Service agents had rushed Trump to the bunker days earlier because of protesters outside the mansion um, through rocks and tugging at the barricades. Okay. So, so I believe he was in the bunker. But they said it was no... Um, no reports that he had came out of a bunker when he went and took that photo out. Okay, on healthcare, um, Trump says that drug prices will be will be coming down eighty to ninety percent. So listen to that. He say will be coming down. Okay, well right now medications have not been. 
coming down. Medications have been coming up. And I can say that because I'm on this other end. I'm on the consumer end. I'm on the end that, that have been given um, prescriptions and I have not got them fulfilled because of the price of those uh, prescriptions. And I know senior citizens that have done their tax returns have brought in their medical records. And some of those medicines, almost $700 I had one customer, you guys, that literally had to go into their 401k and have a, put the money in their account just to pay for their monthly medicines. So I don't know what he was talking about on there. Okay, now they say the fact is that's just a promise, not a reality, and it's a big stretch that what Trump said. Trump has been unable to get legislators to lower the drug prices through Congress Major regulatory actions from his administration are still in works and are likely to be challenged in the courts. There's no plan on the horizon that will lower drug prices as dramatically as Trump claims. He keeps stating that the prices have decreased 80 to 90%, but at this present moment, it's no plan there and it has to be brought to the courts. Prescription drug price inflation has been low and slow during the Trump years, that's what he said, but it hasn't made a U-turn. Looking back at the totality of Trump's term from January 2017, when he was inaugurated, to the latest data from August 2020, prices went up. Drug prices went up 3.6%, according to the analyst by economics Paul Hughes, Cronenwick of Autorium, a nonprofit research and consulting organizations. And from what Hughes states, he say he look at the figures from the Governmental Bureau of Labor Status, which measures prices for a set of prescription medicines, including generics and brand drugs. When comparing prices in 2019 with a year earlier, there indeed was a decline. Prices dropped by 2.2% 2. 2% in 2019, but turned around from 1970s. Now it's near 80 to 90% up. From August last year to August this year, the prices rose by 1.4%. Well, now, Fat check on the coronavirus. He kept saying that Dr. Fauci was very strongly, um, masks are not good. Then he changed, he said, uh, we need the mask. Okay, so now the facts, the facts states that he is skirting crucial content. Trump is telling the story in a way that leaves out key lessons learned as the coronavirus pandemic unfolded raising doubts about the credibility of the public health advice. And as you all knew, and I hope y'all wasn't had a brain for it, as we was following the story from the beginning of the year all the way to April, that he kept saying it's going to go away, it's not that serious, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and it wasn't done. It wasn't done. When the people started dying, it wasn't done. He bragged on, we closed the country, and only one person was infected. 
that was not true, you guys, because I had another customer that worked at the VA that literally told me in February, I'm taking a leave of absence. I'm going to do my tax return and stay in my house. She told me, look, I'm going to tell you this. Nobody else don't know this yet. I don't know why they took it out, but they got a serious disease in this country and it's going to kill people. And I was like, what you talking about? She said, yes, they already quarantined the guy at the VA. I was like, what? She said, yes. So I'll stack up on my stuff. And people who knew of me, my family members, my bestie, they can tell you. I started making phone calls. I said, look, y'all, something about to go down in this country. Y'all need to go to the store, start stacking up. Get your water, your toilet paper, food, canned goods. I don't know what's about to happen, but something about to get shut down. And then as it was escalating, you guys, I said, I'm going to tell y'all when it's really serious because we was in the midst of the rodeo and that's a big money thing for Texas. I said, if they shut that rodeo down, oh, they ain't shutting the rodeo down. Oh, no, that rodeo. Oh, no, we're going to keep going. That rodeo was open for one week. Guess what? It got shut down. And then before you know it, we had to stay at home order. Only essential workers was able to leave. See, see what I'm saying? So we got to use our own common sense with this. Okay. Stop letting everybody tell you what they think on that media. You better sit. You are on. You the foot. You the foot soldier. You the foot soldier. And for him to keep trying to blame it. Oh, well, it was the Chinese. That was the Chinese vibe. The economy was doing good. You know, we was doing great until to, um, the, the, the Chinese virus. And then look what happened. Okay, but it's on your watch, though. You're the president. Why you keep trying to blame it on somebody? So now Trump, okay, so now the coronavirus, he was saying, um, so far we had no problem whatsoever. It's outside. That's a big difference according to the experts. We had tremendous crowds. When we had our rallies, we had we had no infections or anything. Really, Trump? Come on. You're going to bring Fauci to court and the guy sitting there trying to accuse Fauci to admit because of the protests, that's why the virus went, spread it so immediately, right? But yet you can have a rally with all these people on the inside, he said it was on the outside. He had inside rallies. People ain't had no masks on. Oh, they had masks on sitting behind him. But guess what? When it's when it's out there, oh y'all, y'all can infect each other. But up here, uh-uh. Y'all gotta have your masks on. They say Trump held an indoor rally in Tulsa in late June, joined but a thousands of participants in large protests. The Tulsa City Health Department director said that the rally contributed to the surge in the new coronavirus cases after his rally. The first week of July, Tulsa County was confirming more than 200 new cases after his rally. But he says, oh, my rallies was fine. Nobody got infected in my rally. So, hey, it was fine. You don't need to wear a mask. Really? Wow. Okay. Now, just another fact check. He wants to blame Biden. Now, he is the president, but he wants to blame Biden 
about the swine flu H1N1. Remember that came through here? So he's going to tell, he said, well, you didn't do very well through the swine flu H1N1. It was a disaster. People was dying. It was a disaster. So what do you do? So here go the facts. Trump frequently distorts what happened in the pandemic of 2009, which even with the swine flu, you guys, the, the business wasn't shut down, right? Okay. We didn't even have to even wear masks, right? Which killed far fewer people in the United States than the coronavirus. For starters, Biden was vice president, wasn't running for a federal response, and that response was faster out of the gate than COVID-19 came to the U.S., then the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention Flu Surveillance Network sounded the alarm after two children in California became the first people that was diagnosed with this flu strain in the country. About two weeks later, Obama administration declared a public health emergency against the H1N1, also known as the swine flu, and the CDC began releasing anti-flu drugs from the national stockpile to help hospitals get ready. They was already on alert. In contrast with Trump declared a state of emergency in March because of the COVID-19, it took him seven weeks after he was told about the disease, announced to the country that the health system struggled for months and was short of the same supplies that he said that everybody had. Remember, they didn't have no ventilators. That's why people was dying, because they couldn't breathe. They didn't have no PP. They had, uh, and then he forgot how he just cut off funding for certain stuff. More than 200,000 people have died from the COVID-19 in the U.S. And the CDC puts the U.S. debt toll from 2009 H1N1 pandemic only about 12,000 people worldwide, nationwide within this company in this country that had died from it compared to 200,000. Come on now. Come on. Come on now. Now the, the last thing on the uh, uh, the one on the economy, when when Chris asked him about the economy, Bynum made a statement saying, "Trump, you be the first president in America in history to lose jobs during his presidency." Okay, so the facts with that one say, "Well, no, he won't be the first. <laughs> okay, if Trump loses re-election, okay, he will not be the first president in United States history to lose jobs underneath his." presidency. Okay. Herbert Hoover, the president who lost the 1932 election to Franklin Roosevelt as the great depression caused massive job losses. Official job records only go back to 1939, you know, because the computer era and no president has ended his term with fewer jobs than what he began. So Trump appears to be on track to have lost jobs during his first term which would make him the first to do so since Hoover. So that fact checker right there on that statement is half and half. No, he won't be the first president to have lost massive jobs underneath 
his rule, it was Herbert Hoover, and that was way back in 1932. Wow, that's that would be kind of embarrassing, right? Now on voting, and let me let me um, I'm gonna break this so it won't be so long, and I'll go back to the next. Hit me on the next episode, and I'm gonna finish this, okay? All right, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Okay, so I'm going through a little mini fact checking. Um, this is coming from USA, and also you can go to ABC. I mean, you can go online and Google all the fact checking on everything that was said on the debate, which I can hear him speaking, say right then and there, not true, not true, not true, not true, not true. <laughs> okay, um, but to be more precise... And for a lot of analytical individuals that want to articulate every situation that they live by and they have a higher insight that is perceived from many. Okay, so I'm going to just going to reiterate on what was said through the fact checking list. Okay, so Chris asked about the voting. Okay, you know, they went through all of it. Let's see. Um, the voting, the voting, the voting. I just missed my little spot. Went through the economy. And the thing about it, you really, even though the questions was asked, you guys, oh my goodness, you really couldn't get a clear-cut, stable answer because every time um, Vice President Joe Biden, former Vice President, attempt to answer a question, Trump came in and interrupted. So it's like, huh? And by them going back and forth, you couldn't even hear. It's like, okay, wait a minute. I can't hear two people talking at the same time. You know, and talking about voting. This is what I got about the voting. Okay, the fact check, um, the ex-Trump about the voting, the mail-in voting. He said it's going to be a rigged election. Um, they're going to have massive fraud. And we, we, we're going to take it to court to clear it all out. Okay, so the facts on that is he's wrong. He was exaggerating. He threw threats. They stay. They say here in this article that Trump's claim is part of a months-long effort to sow about the integrity of the election before it happens to to bring fear and anxiety among the American people. Experts have repeatedly said that there's no sign of widespread fraud in mail, mail balloting. Is if you listen to the episode two episodes ahead of this, I. I allow you guys to hear them um, saying what ha- what really happens to votes when they come in mailing. And not so much as that they're mailing fraud. Let's address how to prevent it. It wasn't fraud. It was the simple mistakes that people make that their vote won't get counted. Meaning, when they say circular box, people put an X, a check. So that disqualify your vote, which is very ignorant, but I guess you have to, because they sent it through a machine account, so you have to circuit it out, okay? Um, you They're not signed. You got to turn the paper over and sign it. You have to make sure that that vote 
is inserted inside the second envelope that's included in the packet that is mailed for you. And you have to request a mail-in ballot. So it could be in the consensus. So when you send it back, they know that your vote will count because you request a mail-in ballot. You understand the particulars? So all of the envelopes and stuff that he's saying that was thrown out or whatever, no, it wasn't thrown out because of voter fraud. It was thrown out because the people did not properly fill out the forms. And I believe in the states like Virginia and North Carolina, all the states that have majority of minorities in those states, they have those issues to suppress our votes. Hello, you got to look at the bigger picture with this, you guys. Now, I was in the facilities and it dawned on me, oh my gosh, they always said it's order and chaos. This was a strategy all along. He know the only way that he can affect the voting count is by rigging the machines. So if you can put out there that the mail-in votes are not valid and ABCDFG going to have problems with the mail-in voter, well, I'm going to sow discord and get people all upset, and it's going to force the people to go out and vote, which I, I will recommend. I will recommend that you do that. Go and vote. But guess what? He can have people to manipulate that machine. He can have people to come in and switch that machine to make sure that all the votes are counted for him. It could be done because I saw the movie, March, March of Dimes. That's an excellent movie to show you about how this politics and this president election is really run behind the scenes. And I mean, I'm telling you, they will kill to make sure they're going to get what they want. And so all this has been a ploy, you guys. Smoke screen to get more people out. And they say like the older early voting right now has double people going out and vote. See, he wants to have control of those machines. And he know, hey, his buddies, yeah, they're acting like they're at odds at one another. But behind the scenes, guess what? Trump got those claws into when Putin got his claws into Trump with China or or is it with the Korean uh, prime minister one of those foreign foreign heads of state he even said it you see so all of it's been employed but by him actually stirring up this pot of uncertainty knowing that hey bro you about to lose he know he gonna lose, so he got to do whatever he take to cover himself. He was saying that um, the military ballots was found discarded in a wastebasket in um, some county in Pennsylvania, and it was all marked for him. That was count. That was votes that could have been for him. And he said, um, um, though that's consistent with an initial statement from Justice Department may officially later revise it and say that the reason why those ballots was cast in the wastebasket is because they was not properly filled out. You see what I'm saying? 
All right? Um... Let me see what else they have on here. Uh, they have on here about when they was talking about the Supreme Court, the nominee for Coney Barrett, the Delaware State, and they say uh, Biden is talking about Trump's picking up to replace Justice Ruth Bell in Ginsburg. Barrett has been critical for the Obama era law in the court decisions that have uphold it but she has never said it's not constitutional okay um the supreme court will hear arguments in the case in november 10th and trump administration is asking the high court to rule the law unconstitutional okay so what law or oh, the obama era law okay i gotta find out what that is because i don't even know what what that law is you see what i'm saying we be hearing stuff and you don't even know what 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 is it talking about? The Obama, the Obama era law. What? what uh, and that's another thing. He always want to say, "Why it got to be called Obama?" But you sure want stuff to be called about Trump, huh? The Trump law, this, Trump this. Y'all see how narcissist this is? Let me see. What did it say? The Obama. Era law. What is that? Obama administration abuse of power. How the Obama administrator shadow rule of law. They was just trying to find all kind of stuff. I'm trying to understand what is they talking about. So I'm getting what is showing me. I just Google Obama administration shattering rules of law. Okay, so now they have all these different um, scenarios, right, underneath his administration. So, um, so that's what was the question then. He asked. Um, Uh, Bynum had asked, made a statement about Amy Barry, Supreme Court judge, what she thinks about the Affordable Care Act, and it wasn't constitutional, which she appealed it to roll it back. Okay, and so now what they're going through, they're stating that Trump says that he went to Delaware State, but you forgot the name of your college. You didn't go to Delaware State. There's nothing smart about you, Joe. Okay, that's when it was going back and forth, back and forth. All right. And so the fact is uh, Trump is quoting Biden out of content. The former vice president is a graduate of the University of Delaware. Did not say he attended Delaware State University, but was making a broader point about his long-standing ties to the black community. Trump also was referring to a remark Biden often says on campaign, typically when he's speaking to the black audience, that he goes way back with the HBCU, which is that the historical black universities. Biden has spoken many times over the years of, um, at Delaware State in his home state, 
that's his home state. That's where he grew up at. Okay, so Trump trying to um, just belittle the man. That's all. And uh, so Biden often touts his deep political ties to the black community, occasionally saying he grew up politically and got started politically in the black church. In front of some audience, he's uh, he's omitting the word politically, but still with a clear contents about his large larger point. The statements are all part of standard sections of his stump speech, noting that Delaware has the eight largest black population by percentage. And that's Trump going behind him to state that he don't know nothing about Delaware. He went to <laughs> he went to Delaware State. He didn't go to and he just took it out of content. So they just fact checking in that. You know, he did. He went to University of Delaware. He grew up in the Delaware. You know, he they just trying to, you know, um, And let me see what else they got going on. It's a lot, y'all. It's a lot. Overall, overall, they say they got on the crime part. And he kept talking about Chicago. Boy, he have it out for Chicago, huh? I wonder if Chicago is a black mayor. Because he have it out. Every time you turn around, he like Chicago, a Democratic stand. Yeah, 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 yeah. The crime is this and that. He said, if you look at what's going on in Chicago, where 53 people were shot and eight dead, if you look at New York, where it's going up like nobody ever seen anything, the numbers are going up, 100, 150, 200, crime. It's just crazy. What's going on? Now, that's what Trump was saying. So the fact check is not quite. The st- the stats in Chicago are true, but those numbers are only a small snapshot of crime in the city in the United States. And his strategy is highlighting how data can be easily molded to suit the moment. As for New York, Trump may have been talking about shootings. There are up to up in New York about 93% so far this year, but overall crime is down 1.5%. Murders are up 38%, but there were 327 killings compared to 236 still low compared to where years pass if you want to throw up numbers for example compare with decade ago crime crime in chicago is down 10 percent. if you want to throw numbers out there you want to look at data since that's what he's doing they're saying if you really want to go that route president trump if you really want to go by data from a decade ago to now crime have literally went down 10 percent Whoa. And you can always go on the FBI report, they say, and you can see the decrease from 2019 up to now. All right. My thing is, you guys, and I'm about to get off of it because it's really, it's, I just want to share that little part. Um, You can always just Google it, man. CNN, USA, Washington Post, New York Times, all the top. They got, they have the, they team to have the fact checkers. If you really want to do your own debate and see how both of them played out, uh, I really feel it was unfair. It, it really didn't. Uh, I think they're going to have another debate. I pray they have somebody stronger than Chris Wallace to be the mediator because Trump just went and just ran over this bullet, both of them, to be honest with you. You know, and he just blabbing, blabbing, blabbing. And you, you're still talking about other people. Talk about what what's going on now, all right? 
let's deal with the issues now. Not one time you can literally say, okay, you keep saying black, the black community loves me. They voting for me. Okay. All right. And point is, like the other brother said, if y'all listen to the other um, program I put on here with Roland Martin, with the black men speaking. Nobody literally addressed and said on either side. I know Biden, he said he want to get with the community of the NAACP and bring the, the chiefs and stuff in a meeting together. And how can they have a better forum to when they get these 911 calls, especially with people with uh, mental health issues, instead of them shooting them, bring someone that can, and that's chaplains. They have ride-alongs. I know about that. You see what I'm saying? Let's get together and let's bring these together so we can go and talk and dis- dis-escalate the situation. Not when you come on the scene, you're just starting to shoot. This, you see, that's what he was striving to get out, and he kept cutting the man off. Now, law and order. It's a democratic, the democratic states is a worst state. Law and order. See, I can get the National Guard to come in there and law and order because we got to get America back the way it was. Back the way it was. Back the way it was. Why you keep reiterating back the way it was? No, we not going back the way it was. That's why the protest is out there. Cause enough is enough. No, we not going back the way it was. I'm sorry. That's that dog not gonna hump up these streets. Not gonna go back. You got a whole nother generation that's saying no, Jack. <laughs> you gonna hit the road <laughs> and never coming back. I holla. Let me get to work, you guys. God bless (laughs) y'all. Hey, girl, it's me, Gloria. So yeah, I saw the um the debate. Let's just say it is pitiful and just disgraceful. Trump didn't give the man a minute to speak. Every time he opened his mouth, he wanted to talk over him. That's manipulation, that's bullying, that's the devil as far as I'm concerned. He the devil. Mm-hmm. Trump is just just lower than low. But I totally understand about and unemployment and all that though we get mostly free health care up here when you got a specific condition and you need a specialist or you gonna pay some money so i got a whole bunch of conditions so you can imagine what i'm dealing with right now but yeah girl oh my goodness and then the disney thing oh my goodness with 20-something thousand people losing their t- 